Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You just can't stop complimenting me, can you? Hello, you're listening to Known for a Filmography podcast with me, Bob Shoy, and my co-host. Hey, it's Becca. And today we are talking about the filmography of Liv Tyler. Mm-hmm. Um, this was your choice. Yeah. Why did you choose Liv Tyler? Because it's not one I was expecting you to choose. Not, not. Um, sorry, but not um, because I'm saying Liv Tyler's not a good actress and or any of that, but not the most prominent. I think that's why I chose her. Okay. Because she always sort of like appears in stuff. Right. And obviously one of her massive films is like Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. And I really love like Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, And yeah, so I've always loved Lord of the Rings. Um, And I think I was just like, what else has she been in? And just use this as an excuse to kind of like find out a little bit more about what she's done. And the thing that we found a little bit of a struggle, we watched loads of films. Yeah. Like, a lot of films. But she hasn't got many lead roles. Yeah, I'd say, like, if anything, like, we normally do, like, so what's this actor's, like, kind of um, track record or whatever? Like, what are they specialised in? I think Liz Tyler's, like, specialised in not being, like, a main character. Like, it's not her fault. It's obviously how she's been, like, cast and stuff. Right. it's a real she's shame. She's often a side character. Yeah, she's a, she's more of like an addition. She's like someone's girlfriend or like yeah, someone's like friend like or like wife. some girl in like the village or town or whatever. Or like she's never like the main event, which is a bit of a shame actually. She's in a lot of like ensemble cast films. Yeah. Not, she's a lot of side characters and a lot of like things like Empire Records where it's a big ensemble yeah. or Lord of the Rings or whatever. Uh, but there was only a few that she was lead in. And mm-hmm. normally when we come around to like picking our favourites at the end and the ones that they should be known for, we sort of pick, we sort of not include like the ones that they're side characters. Mm. But it's going to be kind of hard to do that in this because yeah. that is like nine out of ten films of hers is she's a side character. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. So we normally say things that are sort of recognisable for the, the actor, like yeah. things that pop up again and again, of the type of characters they play. Yeah. And you said for her it was kind of difficult to say that. I guess she's like, she, yeah, because she's always the side character, it's not like, oh, she's she mostly plays like leading roles that are like this because she's hardly actually done any. So like I suppose her like, what should we call it? 
what shall we call it? Defining traits? Yeah, her, like, yeah. So, like, I suppose her traits are just, like, she's a side character and she's fairly often plays, like, a romantic girlfriendy character. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got here, because I always try and rack my brain of, like, what what can I say about the actor, the type of roles they play? Right. So I've got, obviously, she's very soft-spoken. Mm. That's, like, a very recognisable trait of hers. Mm-hmm. But... There are a few exceptions. Yeah, there are times where she defies your expectation with that, though. I found I noticed in a lot of films, she's very mild-mannered and soft-spoken until she loses her temper and then she'll suddenly start shouting. Yeah. And it's supposed to always take you off guard because she's so soft-spoken the rest mm. of the time. Um, and I got that, obviously, she used to be a model and mm-hmm. still does model. And, um, and that's like a big part of her image is that sort of like statuesque beauty. Yeah. And she often plays characters who are defined by their beauty. Is mm. what I got. That is all that is like most of yeah. the time an actual defining part of the character she plays. Yeah. And um the other thing about I said about I wrote about her being soft spoken is like sometimes she's mild and then she'll shout. Mm. A lot of times she'll take you off guard because she seems kind of mild mannered and actually her character will be very playful. Mm-hmm. She often plays like very like playful characters, yeah, more comedic than you're expecting them mm, to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what I got. Cool. So about her as a person, mm. other than the very famous thing, oh, well, let's get that out of the way. What do you? So her dad, yeah, is in Aerosmith. Yeah, Steven Tyler. Yeah, I didn't. But she didn't know, know that, that for a long time. I yeah. didn't know that. That's oh, like really? the famous thing about her. Oh, and I never knew that until we until <laughs> you suggested it. I I. I was looking up and I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that they were a relation. Well, look, she didn't know for ages, didn't she? No. She was like, had a different, like a faux dad. Well, she didn't meet her real dad, Stephen yeah. Tyler, till she was, well, I've got a few different ages here. Like one one interview of her, she said eight. And then another one, I read that it was 10. But, hmm. you know, eight to 10. Quite young. Yeah. She did, but it was, well, you say young, but it's still eight to 10 years where she didn't actually know who her real dad was. Yeah. She was raised by another guy and mm-hmm. had his surname. Uh, she was born Liv Rundgren. Right. Which she now has as her middle name. She's Liv Rundgren Tyler. Right. Because she has a really good relationship with both her dads. When she did first meet Stephen, right. she wasn't told, like, this, this is-, is your dad. Okay. But she actually. Kind of suspected it. Oh, really? Weirdly, I don't know why you would meet another guy if you thought some other guy was your dad and go, I think he's my dad. I don't know why you would say it, but mm. this is what she said, that she suspected it and actually asked her mum afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, Was her mum just like, uh... Yeah, she told her the truth. Okay. Um, the reason that she was not told that he was her real dad when she was born right. is because at the time he was on a lot of drugs Right. And having a bit of a wild time mm-hmm. and wasn't seen to be in any position to be like raising a child. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very strange situation. Yeah, it is a bit. Okay, fair enough. Um, And yeah, she's been acting since she was a child. Actually, her first couple of roles were in music videos for Aerosmith. Yeah. And... Um, That's weird, right? She's lingerie ambassador for uh, Triumph Lingerie. <laughs> so models lingerie yeah but let's talk about the films that she's known for on imdb what are the four okay that they highlight? so uh armageddon okay which i'd never seen before mm-hmm. uh only two lord of the rings not all three so um return of the king and fellowship right and uh the strangers okay 
which you've seen, but it's a horror film, isn't it? Well, so. normally we say we'll watch all the sort of most famous films, any ones that like listeners recommend or suggest or that we see online. Yeah. Like, check out this film. But the four, the the top four, the known four, we make sure we definitely watch. Yeah. But you actually decided not to watch The Strangers. Yeah. So you broke the rules in a way. I broke the rules. <laughs> it's my show. And I broke the rules of my own show. Uh, just because it's a horror show. You didn't want to watch a horror film? No. Okay. They're not my cup of tea. How was it? What was it like? What's um, your... We'll get to it. We'll, we'll do them in order. We'll come right, to the okay. strangers in a minute. So we'll start with, Aris, with Armageddon. Aerosmith. Armageddon. <laughs> Armageddon was... Um, it's like a really famous film that I'd never seen before. Bit well, like... I, I hadn't seen it either. Yeah. To me, this was a bit like Titanic. Yeah. Where you say you haven't seen Titanic, people are like, you haven't seen that? Yeah. And us having never seen, um, like he wanted to call it Aerosmith, us having never seen Armageddon. <laughs> Aerosmith are in it. I won't know the music is, music. yeah. I knew the song because it was number one for what felt like about 16 years. Yeah, I'd never seen it, and I thought it was pretty naff. Well, hang on a minute, because we did sort of decide when we started the show that we don't want to be too negative on it. So let's okay. just say that we won't end and spend too much time talking about Armageddon. Mm-hmm. For such a fam- <laughs> okay, for such a famous film, I don't know why it's so beloved. I was quite surprised at it. Yeah. When I watched it, it wasn't what I expected it to be. I didn't realize it was going to be so wacky. It's got a lot of wacky comedy. I thought it was going to be way cooler and like more badass, but there's some silly, really silly bits in it. Yeah, actually, a lot of the cast of this film. Oh, they got like Hoodwink, didn't they? Well, well, uh, Steve Buscemi was a little bit. They made out his character would be like quite cool, like a cool scientist. And then. And then after they cast him, they just made his character like a cartoon character and a bit of a sleazebag. Because he said he was getting sick of playing sleazebags. And then so he'd signed up to this and then they changed the character because he signed up. But Sorry, a lot Steve. about him and like even and like Ben Affleck and a lot of the cast are just like kind of disowned this film. Mm. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, he's sort of is kind of embarrassed of this film. Yeah. But, you know, it has got its fans. People do like this film. It is a really popular film. Yeah. Um, just wasn't for me. She actually turned this role down twice before she took Really? It. Yeah. Wow. Um, she has got quite a big role in this one, to be fair. Like, she is... She is... She's like the daughter of... Um, I think his character. Of Bruce Willis' Bruce character. Bruce Willis' yeah. character. He was also in a relationship with... Um, Thingy's character. What's his name? Affleck. Yeah, so she's in a relationship she's with Ben She's tied Netflix. to, like, probably the two main characters. Yeah. But again... She's, like, the third character. She's, like, the girl in a film full of men. Yeah. And that's, like, her character. She plays the girl. Yeah. There's not much to her character no. at all. I, am. Um, I lied to you, too, when I told you that I didn't want to be like you. Because I am like you. And everything good that I have inside of me I have from you I love you so much daddy I'm so proud of you so there you go, Armageddon. <laughs> and this opened on her 21st birthday, so she was wow. really young. Yeah. And this is like a really big, famous film for her to be in so young. Actually, that is one thing I think about Liv Tyler like a lot. Like her age just seems, she seems just like forever young. Mm-hmm. So a lot of her early films, I'm just like, she's not aged one second since her last film. Mm. 
for like 20 years. We watched quite a lot of her older ones though. Yeah. Um, and it feels like she isn't in as many films now. Yeah. But she's done a, quite a bit of TV stuff, which we wouldn't have watched. Yeah, so. she's doing more TV. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, we're not going to spend too much time talking about Armageddon. Uh, I would say brace yourself for it to not be in our top <laughs> four by the end. Yeah. Um, and and there we go. We'll talk about Lord of the Rings now because this is the main event. This is what you really wanted to talk about and why you chose her to make me watch Lord of the Rings again. Yes. So we did a LOTR back to back, all yeah. three in one weekend. So we did like two in one day and one in... No, one in one day and then like two... No, we did the first two on day one and then, and then the next one the next day, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was when uh, people in the UK will remember, especially in the north, uh, we live in Yorkshire, the beginning of this year, of like uh, February. It was, was like horrific storms. storms. Yeah. Like, don't leave the house. We live next to a river. That was like rising flooded. up the banks, flooding flooded. over. So we said, let's stay in and watch Our Lord windows of the Rings. like leaked like crazy. Yeah. And we spent the whole weekend watching Lord of the Rings pretty much. Yeah. And it, it was, was great. only the second time I've ever seen these films. Yeah. Um, and the first time for what, 15 years? Yep. I watch these a lot, but I always skip. The Salmon Frodo bits. Why? I just... Right, it's a really long film anyway. Right. And if you skip them bits, it makes it slightly more tolerable. So yeah, you can that, just like watch it. That is and arguably I find, the main thread. Yeah, definitely is the main thread. <laughs> but it's really slow. And also, because I've seen it so many times, it's like a bit boring. Right. But that has Matt, nothing like, to do with Liv Tyler's character. No. So she plays... Arwen. 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 Yeah. She's an elf. Yes. She's um, Aragorn's love interest. Yes. She's torn between staying with the elves and becoming immortal or giving it all up and being with him for the short amount of time that he is on Earth, even though he lives longer than normal humans anyway. Yeah, but it's not immortality, is it? No. So that's her storyline i actually do like her in this mm. um she's not in it loads but she's in it a bit more than i think you remember she was she's not in it a lot she's in it way more than kate blanchett who i thought was yeah. in it more when we talked about her on that episode i thought that role was way bigger she's in what like two minutes per film yeah if that and some voiceover um whereas Liv tyler's character is not in it a great deal but is a prominent character and is in all three films and has like prominent scenes in all three yeah. films has like a, an important thread running through them yes but let's just, so I guess if we talk about Lord of the Rings because there's only two in her we'll top four we'll talk about all three of them but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just about, chat about because we're talking three. about her character really in these so after choosing her and Cate mm-hmm. Blanchett yeah I guess your choice is just working through all the elven Lord of the Rings characters so we can expect like Orlando Bloom and Hugo Weaving yeah <laughs> oh Hugo would be cool one to do he's cool um yeah so She's not in it that much, so I don't really know if we can like really chat about well, it. But a massive ensemble film again. Actually, so. her character it was expanded a great deal from the oh, books, really? so that her character in the books is much smaller, right? Um, and they actually sort of expanded it and sort of conflated multiple mm-hmm. characters into her. Yeah. Um, oh really? And she she wasn't familiar with the books before mm-hmm. recording oh, I've not read them before filming she didn't know really the story of Lord of the Rings she like mm. knuckled down after she got the role I uh, really liked him and then learned a lot of Elvish mm. for the role because I would say like 70% of her dialogue yeah. is in Elvish yeah 
Um, and actually more is in Elvish than was originally intended because she kept saying to Peter Jackson, how about I do the scene in Elvish? Yeah. I think it'd be better. That's cool. Um, especially in the two towers, there's like a long scene between her and Aragon. Aragon yeah. That's all in Elvish. Yeah. And that was supposed to be in English. And she suggested, she said, well, my character speaks Elvish. His character speaks Elvish. Yeah. Me and him both can do Elvish yeah. uh, as actors. Yeah. And they have this emotional bond. Why yeah. don't we do this scene in Elvish? Why? Like, how would you just go about learning a language? Well, I'm a learning a language at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but like, they got, I don't know how long, it, far in advance they got cast to this stuff. Is it, how long would it take you to learn Elvish? Like, years? No. I mean, you've only got to learn enough to get by these scenes, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, I think she really embodies an elven princess really, really well anyway. Her, like, her physical appearance, like her face shape and everything mm-hmm. really just makes it way more believable. And I think she was a really good person to cast in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously she has both the ears. Yeah. We said like uh, Kate Blanche got to keep her ears. Did she? Yeah, yeah. At the end, everyone got to sort of to keep different things. Yeah. So you know, you said about um, she has to choose to be immortal or not. Yeah. So the scene where they're going doing the march mm-hmm. to the immortality thing. Mm-hmm. I'm the really forest. bad with all the rings, law. I'm making people tear their hair out. For the but forest. She has the, yeah. the dress that she's wearing. For oh that. yeah. She got to keep that dress. That That's was her cool. thing. Um, her ears, right. actually, between scenes, she left them on the dashboard of her car and they melted. <laughs> <laughs> so she had to get get a few more ears. Maybe That's that. so funny. Um, but she wasn't the first cast for this role. Oh, really? This was supposed to be Uma Thurman. Okay. Um, and she had to pull out last minute because she became pregnant. <sighs> I can see Uma in this role, but I think that um, Liv is slightly more like ethereal she has that soft speaking yeah. we said about how Kate Blanchett was really good as an elf because she has quite a um, distinct voice that like yeah. draws you in and Tyler has a distinct voice mm. as well they have but her character's like, re- like really different so like Kate's yeah. character in it is more like authoritative yes. whereas her character is a little bit more like kind of like fey and delicate and mm-hmm. like she's like a princess just like in love basically um, and like coming to terms with if she like what she's how her life is going to play out. Yeah, but her character, the, I, and I said they like sort of combined some yeah. characters into one to give her more of a role. Uh-huh. Actually, but after they cast her, they decided to expand the role a bit more because they liked her in the role. They wanted yeah. to give her more to do, so they actually um, combined Arwen with the character of uh, Glorfindel. Right, I think is the name of the character from the books. 
Um, oh, you're struggling. Yeah, I'm really not big on the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> they're fine. They're right. I don't, I don't dislike them, but uh, they are an epic, like fancy film, though. Yeah. Like one of the best. Like we watched Conan the Barbarian last night for our next instalment of uh, Don't Nofall, give anything away. which is Schwarzenegger, and that is a fancy film. And if you compare that to this, it's very different. <laughs> it's very different. Look forward to the next episode here to write Conan. <laughs> First time we've either of us have seen that as well. So they'd seen her, obviously, so Uma had to pull out and they'd seen right. Liv in uh, Plunkett and McLean. Right, okay. That she was in the year before. Mm-hmm. And um, they they saw her in that and thought, oh, she'll be good. And that's mm. why they got her over to this. That's cool. <laughs> She's not, had she worked with anybody in this before, like any of the actors? I don't think so, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Because we mentioned a few actors and actresses sometimes, like, kind of, you see them reappearing in each other's, like, mm. films and stuff like that. But I think... This was a standalone for her, kind of. The um, I said about them expanding the role. Yeah. In some points, they actually ex- intended to expand it even further, but drew back a little bit because it's like we are changing the books too much. Right. So initially, she was actually supposed to be in the second film at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Okay. She they were way into the planning stage of this. She went through all their sword fighting training. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I don't think removed. that's her. I don't think I would have liked to see her in that. No, they removed bit... the character. I don't think they ever filmed it. I think they were to remove those scenes because they were like, this is too much not a part of the book. Yeah. It's not just, you know, replacing a character with hers and expanding. It's just adding a whole new thing, hmm. which they thought was too much and they sort of pulled back from that. But she did have to go, for, she went for all the training. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and in The Return of the King, she hmm. actually sang the song that, that is in that film, that the Elven song that plays over her that's her singing oh, that's cool um, I'll put a clip of that song in now actually yeah So that's actually Liv singing cool. in in that in that nice. uh, film. Um, yeah, the the horse that her character rides. I've got one last little fact for you here. Right. I had loads of facts for these because <laughs> there's loads of facts. I think there's a the t- yeah, films well, I had to pick and choose there's some. So many films, isn't there? So. But the horse that she rides, um, her riding double. Yeah. Viggo Mortensen is like you know he's a big horse horse guy. Yeah. He actually purchased that horse mm. after filming. Right. His horse. The Arwen's horse. Oh, really? He purchased her horse oh, right. and gifted it to her riding double oh, at wow. the end of filming. That's crazy. Yeah. Why? I guess he just liked the horse and he obviously saw that they had like a good bond and he was like, you can keep this horse. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Aww. And that's all I have to say on all the rings. He goes a cool guy. 
I do um I do like her in these. Yeah. She's not the main character by far. No. What I found interesting actually about her character is when I looked at the the posters for these films, the yeah. mo- the most commonly used posters. She's on the front of all of these really prominently. Yeah. So she must she is considered like a really major part of these films, but yeah, yeah she's not part of the main Which characters. is why I'm like surprised that like two of the three Lord of the Rings are in her top four. Mm. Because yeah, she's not a massive character in any of them but i suppose the reason behind them being is that they are probably her most the most famous film she's ever been in Mm -hmm. maybe and that's why they're up there but i wouldn't consider it her like most known for roles Mm. yeah but maybe it's it's probably the amount of scenes that she has in them like number the first one they're such famous films yeah and i think a lot of people everyone's seen these films so Mm. this is probably a role they think of when they think of her yeah that first film she gets to do the whole water magic again Mm. i'm not a big lord of the rings thing with the when she's saving frodo oh yeah yeah Mm. elven water magic i don't know what it's called but she has that kind of big action scene or Mm -hmm. showy scene and then the last one is a lot of the stuff between her and Aragorn. Aragorn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave in all my struggling. I'm not going to edit around it. <laughs> the, is so, like, yeah, the, she's not in, has, like, that, the Two Towers isn't in isn't in her name for. So, like, no. she is, like, I feel the like she has less third. in that, even yeah. though of the three, it's my favourite. And I actually, of the scenes, I actually like her scene from the Two Towers probably the most, which is the more slow, romantic-y scene mm-hmm. between her and Aragorn. Mm. Um, I guess in the third one, is probably she has most to do in the third, because mm-hmm. it is, like... She's choosing to stay mm-hmm. behind, and yeah. it's all the death scenes. So I suppose of the three, that's her most important. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So um, yeah, I like the two towers as well. Two towers is my favourite yeah. of the three. But I think it it's feels a little bit self-contained. It's got its own little kind of. That's where all the story. most action happens as well. Yeah, I think that's why I like watching it without Sam Frodo because if you do admit them out, it's like just a really good action. Film. I feel like that, even though <laughs> I've only watched them twice. I feel like Two Towers kind of has its own thread. Yeah, with Aragorn, it's and got the... its own like uh, pace as well. I mm. think it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more fast paced. You said was she had she starred alongside any of these actors before? Mm. And I don't think she had. She would later. Uh, star alongside Brad Dourif, who plays Wormtongue in these, mm-hmm. in Wildling. But I don't think they have any scenes together, right? Mm. In these? No. No. So, yeah, that's the only one I could think of. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's Lord of the Rings. What's the other cool. name for? The Strangers? Strangers, yeah, which you've, you've seen. I didn't watch that. What was, no. your, what was it about? Um, it's typical um, home invasion horror. Right, okay. So her and, you know, her partner home. She's like Strange defending. knocks on the door in the night and people invading their home and it was Causing all right. trouble. The problem is with those sort of films, I think the reason people watch them is because it's the tension of the people inside trying to survive and stuff. Right. But there was really only two characters. Mm. So it's not even like they're getting picked off throughout the film. It's two characters. Right. And you know they're not going to die. Right. So they ruined a bit of the suspense for me because I'm like, well, they're not going to, there's only two of them. They're not going to die now. Whatever happens. Because otherwise the film will be over. It's not like there's like six of them in the house and like any of them could die and Mm -hmm. how are they going to survive? So it ruined a bit of the tension for me. Hmm. Um, But it was. She was one of the main characters, though, right? Oh, she is like the main character in this. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Like it was kind of a a fine, kind of, it did quite well, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, horror films like this are really cheap to make. So they always make a lot of money because even if. Some it's people like go and see set. them. They've got more. 
have like less outcome outgoings yeah. to pay for them to get made. This, you know, felt kind of a low budget film. It's one set basically. Yeah. She's watching us. She looks like a ghost. You want me to go talk to her? They don't want to talk. You know, they want something. People just don't stand out there staring at us like that. They want something. Um, but yeah, this was all right. She, I mean, she did quite well in it. Mm-hmm. Um, they would, I know the director would not tell her or give her false information of where noises and things would come from. Mm-hmm. He would say, oh, there's a noise coming to your left and you go down this corridor in this scene mm-hmm. and then actually it come from the right. So her reaction would be more genuine. Right. Okay. So like to uh, false, give yeah. her like false stuff, right? Yeah. And she would like go run laps mm-hmm. before each scene. So that's how she's all like out of breath Panty and stuff. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And she uses jumping jacks and stuff before seeing stuff like that. Get herself worn out and have the director tell her false information. Right, yeah. And um, yeah, I thought she was like pretty good in it, but these films aren't like the most artistic of films. Yeah. Like it was fine. I wouldn't hmm. say it's the best thing she's done. Has sort of some sort of interesting imagery with the people who invade the house. You never see their face, which I thought was quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So this kind of like aired in mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all right, you know. Okay. I can watch a horror film, but these aren't my favorite types. Cool. Right. And that's it. That's the known force. Yep. Uh, interesting. I think we're going to have a real different lineup by the end of it. Probably. For this one. Yeah. So. Um, let's go back to the beginning then. Yeah, let's Start go back to the beginning. from her, the beginning of her filmography. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So... Uh, one of her first roles, like her film roles, uh, is Heavy, 1995. Yeah. So it's about, she's basically like a waitress and yeah, she gets the job diner. at this diner and like there's a couple that like own it. Um, I think it's like a mother and son. Yeah. Yeah. And the son is like, oh, he's like a bit older than her um, and has like a real crush on her, but he's kind of he's like a little bit overweight chef and he's quite like he's insular very self-conscious yeah. about his the way he looks and he's not good at socializing yeah feels a little bit like asperger's yeah sort of type character he's definitely on some kind of spectrum and it's really he's the sort of the main character yeah but he it's about his crush on her yeah which you keep thinking is going to delve into like creepy territory yeah it doesn't I, really it really yeah it's on the verge of like a bit creepy the whole time she likes him they have like a nice friendship yeah i think it's also about her sort of like helping him come out of his shell a little bit yeah a little bit uh but i really like her in this i liked her in this i like this type of film yeah these like small films but yeah like like the lo- there's only a couple of locations really it yeah. just goes on in this like diner interestingly her co-worker in this is played by debbie harry yeah who you nice didn't recognise and I did. I recognised her as soon as she started speaking. Mm. Um, so recognised pretty quickly. Yeah. But when, when she appeared, you're like, is that Debbie Harris? I was like, oh, I don't know. And then she started speaking. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was interesting mm. film. Uh, not my favourite. Like, there's nothing outstanding, but I mm. do like this style of film, these slow, small films. Yeah. It's like a real slow burn, isn't it? Yeah. Small town, like... like Americana-y sort of films. Yeah. And she's done a few of them. Mm. She's done a few of them, and every time I put one on, I, I was thinking, oh, I like this sort of film. This is going to do it. And yeah. none of them really hit, hit the spot. Hit the spot. Yeah. 
because uh, there's some a bit later, one in particular, which I thought I was going to really enjoy and I've ended up not being so. It's like, I think they're in the same vein as like Gilbert Grape. Yeah. And Gilbert Grape really hit the spot and I was like, this yeah, is cool. Or like uh, This Boy's Life, them yeah. sort of, I love them But they just films. like, the ones that she's been in, um, that have in like a similar feel of just, yeah, not been quite. Yeah. Like from the outset and from the opening scenes, I always think, oh, I'm going like this. Yeah. And then they never settle into a mm. place I want them to be. It's not like you want it to go crazy or whatever, no. but it's just, yeah. And this was interestingly, um, who directed this? Has an interesting director. James Mangold directed this. Mm. So this was, yeah, this was directed by James Mangold. It's one of his like really early films. Mm. And he would go on to do uh, Ford v Ferrari, Walk the Line, Logan like big films yeah Yeah. um i actually think he's pinned to do the new indiana jones film at the moment because spielberg stepped down so yeah this is an early one from him so it's a really early one for him yeah you can kind of see his like style a little bit Mm. um just like little um veins of it yeah but it's an interesting film Mm. um I don't know. I would say I like. It's hard to it, talk about hard. because yeah, it's such a weird, like the vibe of it is weird. The the stuff that happens it's quite is a weird. Unique film. Like nothing happens really, but then like stuff does happen. Mm. It's hard to talk about without like giving it all away. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Empire Records anyway. Oh, is that next up? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So Which I loved. You Such love a this good film. film? Yeah, it's really fun. Okay. It's so silly. It's just like, this is another... Actually, this is kind of a small town like Americana like film that actually does hit the spot, I right, think, okay. for me. It's pretty good. I'd never seen this before. Yeah. Um, and it is very much of its time. Yeah. Like, it is a little bit dated in, in some places. It's a bit like High Fidelity, like yes. a little bit. It's got like the same... Exactly, like that's what it reminded it. me of. Um, actually, Neil, regular contributor to the show, he messaged me when um, he'd heard the one where we announced that Liv Tyler was going to be the next one. He's kind of surprised. He's like, you know, I don't dislike her or anything, but I've never been blown away by anything I've seen her in. I think that's like a, that's why I picked her. I think a lot of people have the same like feelings about her. I think he they're said, just like, I like her, but I don't know what she's in, and I don't know. He, he drew the high fidelity connection as well though he yeah. said um he said i own empire records that has a young her in it uh but the truth is i'd always rather watch high fidelity or dazed and confused instead right uh in my opinion it's the way lesser film of the three yeah um but i when it started i thought oh god and i was sort of like rolling my eyes right. a little bit this is gonna be a hard work yeah and then once you settle into the stupid teen sort yeah. of film that it is and accept it as what it is yeah you it just was go with quite it. enjoyable yeah it's got Renny, like a really young Renny Zellweger really Renny. young Renny Zellweger Renny, yeah um, but nobody else that's like crazy famous except for like Liv um, so it's a pretty like low low key film but this to me settled her into a type of character that works really well for her Mm. Like a uh, sort of a prominent character within an ensemble piece mm. who is, like I said, sort of defined by her beauty. Yeah. But is also quite fun in places with it. Mm. 
and is soft-spoken, but then she loses her temper in this and will shout. And this is this really settles into the sort of role that I think she's best in. Yeah. You listen to me. Hello, Corey. You're so special and you're so talented and you have everything it takes. You have more than everything it takes. Then you're really stupid because you don't know that. And I know you don't love me anymore and I know that I blew it, but at least I know that. And if you don't go to art school and if you don't understand how special you are, then you know nothing. And I did love you, and I still... Only I didn't realize it really was love, because it was more than love, and it wasn't just some stupid feeling in my stomach like everything else. And I'll never love anybody as much as you, and I hate you! Hate you! Corey, Why did you wait so long? I quit. So yeah, I really liked... I liked it. It was pretty good fun. It's like an easy-to-watch thing, but she doesn't shine out in it because it's an ensemble piece, really. But I think she does kind of shine out in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I kind of, yeah, I think she's probably one of the major characters. Like, she's one that they focus on mostly, I think. Yeah, because you've got the relationship that's bubbling between her and yeah. the guys as well and amongst it, and that's a real, like, core thread. And, like, her relationship with Renny's character. Mm. And on all the posters, she's, like, the front the one, character. She's yeah. always, like, in the middle and they're surrounding her. Yes, I think true. she's intended to be the main right. character, but there isn't really a main character yeah. at all. Mm. But yeah, that was a really popular film. And mm. it's another one that's a very well-known, famous film that I yeah. watched for the first time. It's like a, yeah, like a 90s, like, feel-good film. But after this, she got her first leading role mm-hmm. in um, Stealing Beauty. Yeah. Which is, um, it's a French-made film. It's in English, but it's, mm-hmm. is it French or Spanish? Uh, it's Italian. It's Italian, yeah. yeah. Am I thinking completely wrong? It's an Italian-made film. Yeah. And it's quite... Um, it's really interesting, like the vibe of it. We said, like, it's so sexually charged. Mm-hmm. The whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's basically just like Liv's character coming of age, and yeah. she gets, like, dropped off at a friend's of her dad's house in Italy. Mm-hmm. It's where her mum, like, stayed yeah. quite a lot with, like, her it's friends like and stuff. It's a little bit of, like, an artist's retreat in the middle of nowhere, and it's all these sort of yeah. rich artist types who just sort of... It's almost like a, a commune or something. They all live yeah. in these massive houses and just party. They all just, like, drop in on one another, and, and it kind of revolves around this, like, one... Um, one place. There's and a lot just, of big characters in here as well. You're just watching... These mm. people's lives for like a summer, maybe. Yeah. And like, not again, not a lot happens. I actually like this style of film. Um, mm. uh, who's got? He's got Jeremy Irons in it. Yeah. And she sort of strikes up a friendship with him. But there's like a he plays a poet. There's yeah. A, a sculptor. They're all like creatives, aren't they? Writers. All her mum was a writer in there, sort of all waiting for her yeah. to like be, um, be a writer. But a lot of it is about Rachel Vice her... in it as well. Oh, Rachel Vice in it. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this is about her, the fact that she's a virgin. Yeah. At, I, I think, think it's like 19. Think she's 19. Yeah. yeah, she's at, her character's 19 and she was 19. Right. And it's the sort of surprise that she's still a virgin when she's 19, but she feels like pressured by it's it. It's one of those films where it's like, 
it is quite true to life because she turns up and then like she she tells Jeremy Irons' character in confidence that she's a virgin and then he lets it slip and then they all start chatting about it mm. because it's like small, insular, like there's only like maybe 10 characters in the whole movie or something like that. Like, well, like at the big parties you see more, but... Yeah, the, but in the house yeah. there's like a few characters and, they're all, and then she finds them chatting about it and she just gets really like frustrated. So I think at that point she's just like... I need to lose my virginity because otherwise I'm going to be the talking the stock of, of doing like the it, whole wanting to do it right, but then them saying, "Oh, yeah, there's no such thing as doing it right, just yeah. do it," and all this stuff. And it is like the pressure of yeah. sex at that age. And her next door neighbours are like, have got two Italian boys, I think, and she yeah. used to have like a thing for one of them years and years and mm. years ago. She used to like write to him and stuff, and it's about her relationship with the those brothers and things. Lucy Harmon is on a journey. Get over how grown up you look. I hope so after four years. A summer vacation in a land of enchantment. Ian's doing my portrait. It's really just an excuse for my father to send me to Italy. You met Lucy. Oh, she's irresistible. I'm mad about it. Now, in this house. I think we've been faithful to each other for 20 years. Can you believe that? Yes. In this magical place. I wrote you once, you know. What was that about? How I thought of you when I was in the woods. You wrote that letter? You're in need of a ravisher. I'm waiting. She'll meet people she's never imagined. Do you ever get the feeling you're being watched? Mm-hmm. Experience feelings she's only dreamed of. I mean, you do have fantasies, right? <laughs> <laughs> She'll discover a mystery. Do you remember where you were in August 1975? That will unlock her past. I met him in the summer when I was 15. He was the first person I really kissed. She's searching for something. But throughout it, you've also got her trying to uncover the mystery of her true parentage. So this really mirrors live in real life. Yeah. Um, she's trying to work out who her real dad is. Yeah. It's a real central mystery to this as well. So you have also got that plot going through it. Yeah. But it's very, um, erotic in places this film. yeah it's like really charged the whole thing yeah um it's pretty cool like the backdrop is stunning and the parties and stuff are really like weird and it's a like, weird interesting. film like, i keep, feel like we keep saying yeah. every film that comes up is a weird film like the tone of this she does pick like interesting films yeah. she's been in a real something i read before was like, like it's hard to pin down the sort of role she she takes or the sort of film she's in because it's actually really varied yeah and it is the thing they have in common is just there's there's a lot of odd mm. films. They're all quite odd. But yeah, go and watch it. Uh, I thought it was interesting, and I think it was a good like first lead role for her. Yeah, because she plays. I don't know if like she her actual personality mirrors those of what she what she plays in in films, but she's fairly like timid and but inquisitive in this one mm-hmm. which I quite like mm-hmm. I think maybe if that is a trait that she has then it's that she plays timid inquisitive like characters so yeah uh, it's a good film I liked it so check it out yeah interesting um, after this oh wow this is way earlier in her career than I thought that thing you do yeah the <laughs> second time we talked about this film uh, uh, yeah maybe prepared to get that song stuck in your head again
She, again, like her tropey character, she is the girlfriend of one of the main um, band members of That Thing You Do, which is like about a fictional um, wonder, one-hit wonder band. Well, they are the wonders, the same yeah, the band. Yeah, the wonders. Um, which is an awesome film, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I really do like this film. We spoke about it in our Tom Hanks mm-hmm. um, pod because he's um, like the one of the main characters. He's like the well, band's he's, manager. Well, he's actually it's a fairly small role. Mm. He's not in it all that much, but he wrote and directed this film. This mm. is his baby, and yeah, this is a really good film. Like you said, this is live in like playing the girl in a cast which isn't all men. Yeah. But she's very charming and likable in yeah. this film. She's very excitable. And she's very like supportive of her boyfriend, whose band are like making it. Mm. There's a great scene where she's the first person who hears their song on the radio, and yeah, it makes you know, a big deal of it. Screaming in the town, like they're all from a small town. Yeah. Here's something new: a local Erie band's got a new record out. Just won the Mercyhurst Talent Show a couple of weeks ago. This is Erie's own And yeah, like again, another ensemble. <laughs> mm. But I, I, I like her in this film, and I really like this film in general. Yeah, I like that she plays sort of like a down to earth character despite all the crazy goings on, like this like band are like rising to fame, mm. but she's still quite grounded throughout and the whole she, thing. And she stays grounded more so than the band when they're losing it yeah she's sort of like you know what's going on we do to the point where she sort of gets cast aside a little bit yeah yeah she has more of a role in the first half of the film yeah yeah from now on you stay away from me i have wasted thousands and thousands of kisses on you Kisses that I thought were special because of your your lips and your smile and all your color in life. I used to think that was the real you when you smiled. But now I know that you don't mean any of it. You just save it for all your songs. Shame on me for kissing you with my eyes closed so tight. I, I like this. Mm. Well, like, I keep saying I like this film. I like her role, but I do like this. Mm. It's definitely one to watch. You forget. I actually kind of forget that she was in this, and then yeah. when I remembered that she was in it, I was like, "Oh yeah, of course she is." Like she's got some really good scenes yeah. in this. Um, she's like the the only female character in this, basically. Yeah. But um, I I don't know how popular this film is. I don't know how famous it is. Mm. I always think of it as like a really well known film, yeah. but I'm not sure if it is. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. It's really interesting. It's good fun. It's a little bit like, you know, in the era of the Beatles, what if the Beatles or a Beatles type band were just like one hit wonders and just rode the same song yeah. forever and how the rise and fall of that takes young yeah. people. Mm. So yeah, go and watch it. It's and, good. And if you do prepare to watch it for the first time, get ready to hear the song, that thing you do about 50 times throughout it. stuck in your head. <laughs> and it'll be stuck in your head forever. For years. Yeah. I'm still recovering from the first time I watched it only a few years ago. <laughs> 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So let's talk about Inventing the Abbots, which is next. Which was a really weird film. Again, again, we're going to keep saying it. Um, basically, again, like small town America, mm-hmm. um, and there's this like wealthy family with three daughters. Yeah. And then down the road, there's like a not so wealthy family with like two good-looking sons, mm-hmm. and it's about their dealings. Slight rivalry between the families. Not yeah, there's some history. There's some history there. Sort of animosity. There. Of yeah, because their dad, like the boy's dad died. Mm. The families have history and now they don't talk. Yeah. But the parents don't want, don't like that their, their kids children like, relate hang to out each with other. each other. Yeah. And the two boys from the one family just chase these three girls from yeah. the other. Particularly the oldest um, son. Yeah, he's like determined to work his way through them. Yeah. And Liv plays the youngest sister. Yeah. Um, who's romantically involved with a young Joaquin Phoenix yeah. in this film. Uh, it's really cool. It's, I like the setting, actually. It's like small town, it's Illinois. It's like 50s, isn't it? Yeah, and they're just like at college and stuff. Mm. And they, yeah, it's and cool. Joaquin's character initially has a thing for the middle daughter. Right, And yeah. he ends up... But he's really like close friends with the youngest yes. for a long time. They're like just good mates really. Yeah, she wants it to be something more. Yeah, and I think he's like, oh yeah, there's always been he kinda of, it kind of like clicks mm-hmm. um eventually. I mean um, it was easy watching. Mm. It doesn't stand out in my memory as something that like really blew me away. No. It was a very easy watching it's, film. It's yeah, it's like really off kilter film like Yeah. 
And it was fun to see um, some of these characters young, have yeah. like these young roles, because it was uh, the other brother was. Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup, yeah. yeah. He was the other. So it was Joaquin and Billy were like yeah. the two brothers, which like is quite 50s interesting. American Illinois. Yeah, and they don't always get on so great. They're quite an interesting dynamic yeah. between them too. So, um, yeah, it was a really good watch. Um, yeah. I wouldn't I thought, say, again, I wouldn't say this is one of my favourites, but it was an easy watch and I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. But I thought Liv was pretty good in it. She, her character was like quite interesting. She's playing the young, innocent girl again, yep. uh, dealing with sexuality. Mm-hmm. Sexuality comes up a lot in her roles yeah. in her films um but yeah it's it's a very it's quite a similar role to stealing beauty yeah actually. but she's also quite steadfast when he like messes around she's like for f- basically yeah, like and, oh for fuck's sake like and when what? he's pushing it yeah too far she's like get your hands off me yeah so yeah it's pretty good i think she's she's quite good in this role yeah again it's very similar to stealing beauty because she's very obsessed with not throwing her virginity away yeah yes yeah yeah so let's chat about well then it was she did armageddon a few years later which we've already talked about yeah uh we were gonna watch plunkett and mclean didn't, we didn't get, get around, around to it. it there's always one that we don't get around to yeah uh we didn't get around to plunkett and mclean but we did watch uh cookie's fortune yes which is quite interesting actually <sighs> i didn't i don't think it was a particularly great film oh um, can I, before, sorry before we move on i just remembered something really interesting all right um, on Inventing the Abbots, mm. she uh, started alongside Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. They met for the first time on set here and ended up dating each other for the next three years. Wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't know that they had a, a romantic history. Huh. Uh, just want to throw that out there. Uh, so, yeah, what, what, what were we actually talking about? Uh, next up is Cookie's Fortune. Cookie's Fortune. Okay. So, this I thought is was going to really be weird film? a bit like heavy, like small town America. Yeah. Oh, I like these sort of films and I didn't It's I just weird. It's just really odd. Like the tone was I <laughs> Another tell. film we find weird. I know, but the, I couldn't tell if like The I, tone was off. It was more comedic than I was expecting, but not in a way that really made my me laugh. Com- comedy yeah. sensibilities. It's like when was it out? Nineteen ninety nine, yeah, like late nineties comedy. It's, it's just a really bit odd style like of lackluster. comedy though. Yeah. And normally I like an odd style of comedy. Yeah. But this, I just there's some massive names like in it though, like Glenn Close, Julian Moore, Chris yeah. O'Donnell, big, uh, big Charles Dutton, Patricia Neal. Yeah, like so many big people in it's there. It's a weird one because I liked a lot of the cast. I liked a lot of the characters they played. It just, but I just off. didn't all gel together for me. Anyway, Liv played like a young girl in this as well. Yeah, but she was a bit more like hardcore. She was a bit yeah, like she's a bit self-sufficient. Like a runaway, like, yeah, she lives out of a van. Her, mm-hmm. She cut her hair really short for this role. Her family, her like mother, it's her mother and her aunt, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And they kind of like she doesn't get on with them because she was basically raised by her aunt though, because her mum isn't all together. Yeah, so she just sort of ran away. Yeah, she just doesn't get on with like her aunt and her mum. So no, she, she like she, she's like separated herself. From she them. is very close to. Um, so who's cook? Who's Cookie to her? Her great aunt or her grandmother? Yeah, I think. So grandmother, right? Yeah, I guess. And she's very close to the guy that lives with her. Yeah. Who's sort of um, her caretaker kind, kind of kind of a little bit like friend of the family who just lives with her and looks after her shopping. Yeah. And, um, and she's really good friends with him. That relationship, yeah, it's like a living carer, isn't it? Probably he? my favorite part of the film. Yeah, I like their dynamic because when he gets arrested falsely for a, a murder, yeah, 
he's in prison and she just like goes to prison with him she's yeah. just like oh there's loads of stuff that like, I haven't played any parking tickets just lock me up with him and then they just spend the whole film in prison playing yeah. board games and stuff but they like, like it's such she's... a small town they never lock the doors and the... well she's dating the um the police officer, police officer who's yeah. like in the prison as well so she's dating the guy who's supposed to be watching them but and also good friends of the guy she's locked up with that side of the film it's a bit chaotic yeah it's all a bit like slapdash like yeah, small it's town a, so slapdash it's a little bit slapstick yeah that's the side of the film i didn't like that's yeah. the sort of comedy i didn't like but i really liked her role and her character yeah you smell like fish yeah well you smell like turkey How long you been sleeping in that van? That ain't safe, you know. I know. I found that out in Bluffton. That's why you came back? Yep. It's something slightly different that we haven't seen in her before. It's a bit more yeah, like... Yeah, playing a bit, someone a bit more wild. Yeah. And uh, that was... A bit more of a rebellious character. Directed by Robert Altman, and that was sort of his intentions. Well, he wanted to cast her and have her play a different role. Because mm. he really liked her as an actress but he's like i want to give you a different role to what you've had yeah um so he actually was well he said do you want to really cut all your hair off for this role mm. and she was like yeah he said that he felt that she had been portrayed as too glamorous right was yeah. his words in previous films and he wanted her to be a bit more rough and ready be portrayed less glamorous and then he said you know you're cutting all her hair off didn't really change how glamorous she looks because that's just the way she looks yeah um but yeah it was like a different look and a different type of character of her mm. that i liked in a film that i didn't love yeah yeah exactly you've got it thank you <laughs> uh let's talk about anegan uh anegan yeah no yeah, that was the next film she did uh, that was oh in the same god year. this is a weird film <laughs> i love this film <laughs> i really like this film it is a weird one though isn't it um, so bizarre is it i didn't find this one that weird i just this is this one the first one was we watched right and I thought I'll oh, we'll get this out of the way we nearly didn't watch it mm-hmm. it's a period piece set in Russia yeah about um, a guy who inherits a large estate mm-hmm. he's quite like melancholic he, yeah he's from the city and he inherits a large estate in a very small village yeah and is the new guy in the village and the village is all tight knit mm-hmm. he's played by Ray Fiennes mm-hmm. and he takes a liking to this young quiet girl in this village he's like next door neighbor almost. he's very educated and well read and he likes that she's quite interested in the books and going to the library which yeah, is yeah well the the person who he inherited the estate off of always like it's like his uncle or something so his uncle like always let her come and borrow the books he's yeah. got quite a big library so she and she becomes sort of besotted with him mm-hmm and he likes her, but it doesn't. He's not serious about yeah. romantic relationships. But the whole, what I found interesting about this film is you get to see the change that happens sort of later in the film. Yeah, you get to see like real like change in both of their characters. Yeah, and I felt like you got to see her play two different characters. Oh yeah, just a more like hardened a role with more depth in it. Yeah, where she you see the change in her character yeah years so, later so yeah so like he like Rafe's character's like really aloof and he's quite like not he's interested in her and I think he's got like you said he's got taken a liking to her but he's not doesn't want to get into a relationship it's, or anything like yeah, that he's and then serious about romance and long term yeah. love so in like the second half she's a lot more like so in the first half she is kind of 
more like Faye and like yeah she's playing a role we've love, seen her play before Loveless kind of um, she's quite like immature and vulnerable yeah. and then quite a bit of like teenage angst yeah and lovelornness yeah thank you for your letter I, I would like to apologise I should never have declared my feelings yes but you would not be yourself had you not I admired your letter admired yes your candor I was moved by it however I would not wish you to feel compromised by its being in my possession yours please it's yours and in the second half she's more like steeled to the world and she kind of has to she's taken on a lot of his traits yeah from when she first met him she's just to like do her duty and like be true to her the path that she's decided mm. to go down I just thought it was very she's interesting got... seeing her play such like a hard person yeah and she's very steely yeah in a way that I didn't expect her to be able to pull off, yeah. but was very impressed that she did. Yeah, it really worked. Um, I it's really a, like this film. It's like, a I, really interesting like plot. I think it's like weird, like the um, like the plot of it is bizarre, but it, like uh, interesting. So it's just an interesting setting as well. Yeah. Um, the, even though it's everyone, uh, it's in an English film, but it's mm. set within Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like this film. Weirdly, like I don't know why. Since we watched this film, I've thought about it a lot. Mm. Like it stuck with me. And I'd like never why. heard of it. I think it's a bit of like go under the radar. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it was a real like Fines family job because as Simon Ray Fines, his brother did the mm. score, his sister directed it. Mm. Yeah. So the complete opposite of that is One Night at McCall's. Oh, is that next? Yeah. Before we talk about this, <laughs> I want to say that I've always been intrigued by this film. Because when I was younger, there was a big standee of this right. at the place I used to rent films from. Mm-hmm. And I always just thought, I always used to see the poster and the standee for this film without yeah. ever knowing what it was. I never saw it, didn't know anything about it, but I always saw this poster, this mm-hmm. front cover, uh, with her like laying down with the big red hair. Yeah. And I never knew it was Liv Tyler. When we watched it, I was like, oh my God, it's that film. I'm finally going to watch whatever the hell that film is. <laughs> And like what well, we said, we, we try not to be too negative on this show. Right. So we'll just say we won't spend too much time talking about One Night in McCall's. <laughs> it wasn't for me. I almost couldn't, I couldn't really watch it after, after a while. You did keep leaving the room while it was on. Oh, I'd had enough. Um, it's an, you know what though? It's a weird film. So I like the premise. Right. The premise is... It's about this woman, like Liv Tyler's character, from like three different guys' perspective of yes. their dealings with her, like yes. their encounters with her. And so they all meet her, they all come across her on the same evening, one night in McCall. And they all become about. like infatuated with her. Mm-hmm. And it's like about how she kind of uses them all she's a, yeah, for like her different she's purposes. Yeah. So she's playing a very different character again. Yeah. Sort of manipulative, sexually charged, yeah. woman in control. Yeah. Um, and that's. Not a wig, she did dye her hair red. Really? Yeah, that's real, her real red dyed hair in this film. 
Wow. Um, but the what I did like about this film, mm. there is something I did like. Okay. When they did it effectively, the way that, depending on who was telling the story, you saw the same scenes from different people's perspectives. Sometimes to, this is a comedy, not my not my type of comedy at all. Mm. But occasionally they would do something that made me smile. In these cracked, um, yeah, cracked <laughs> my steely facade. As uh, occasionally in these sort of scenes, yeah. I would, I would think, oh, that's funny. Like it's the a way cool. That con- they betrayed each other, then the guys didn't hate, didn't like each other. Yeah, it's a they cool concept. So, in a, in a funny way. So yeah, w- yeah, I'll give it that. Like when a cool uh, concept, like terribly executed. Yeah, when John Goodman, John Goodman's one particularly when you're looking at the other characters from his perspective. It's very cartoony. Mm. It's very cartoony. Oh, yeah. It's when so his, silly. His flashbacks yeah. were so over the top but had something comedic to them. Yeah. But uh, it was too cartoony. These sort of comedy cartoon, mm-hmm. I can't it's, I can't deal with these sort of films. So, yeah, that's one night, of course. Yeah, let's, let's not talk about it anymore. Um, next... Well, we've spoken about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So let's so move this, on. So she did one night McCall and then straight onto Lord of the Rings. Well, I think she actually did it at the same time because um, yeah, Night McCall's and film, Fellowship man. came out at the same time. So right. no wonder she wanted to do something a bit more lighthearted when she was like on the set. Still. Uh, st- the, straight off the back of Return of the King, she did Jersey Girl, which is her and Ben Affleck again. Yeah, reuniting. Reunited. And this is a Kevin Smith film. Mm-hmm. And actually he sort of, he thinks this is his worst film. He's disowned it a little bit. Uh, he, oh, he didn't disown it, but he does sort of joke about it. God, like, what was I thinking? Yeah. That sort of thing. And I had never seen this. I don't think this is the worst Kevin Smith film. No. I think this is just a it's very right. mediocre sort of it's fine. family comedy. She live plays, like, basically um, the local blockbuster, like, video rental girl, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. When Ben Affleck's, like... A single dad and he comes in to rent films when he moves he, back in with his dad. I do actually find her really charming in this. Yeah. She was very likable. Yeah, I found her like this is the character that I wanted to see in like a few other ones where yeah. it's like small town America. She's kind of like fun she's not and honest. Too she's very fun. She's, she's a little, quite funny. Like she's very funny in this film. Yeah, and she's a little bit it's like off the cuff and she's a bit more like humorous. Because I think she's like a student, isn't she? And she ends up like asking him some questions. She was like, ask yeah, these questions. Yeah, that's how they meet. Yeah, because he comes in to rent porn. And then she's like, why? Like, how many I'm times are we? Yeah, like, like men and their, and how much they need to use porn. Yeah. And, stuff like that. Um, and that's that interaction between she's that cheeky. Question, yeah. And it's really it funny. Really, she really, it really worked well. She really pulled off this sort of like cheeky, fun yeah. girl. Yeah. Do you mind if I asked you a few questions about your renting practices? Uh. Sure. Really? Um, do you always run adult titles with your daughter in tow, or is this the first time? Excuse me? Well, when you rent porn, do you usually do it with family around, or is this like a, you know, special occasion? Is it, do I have to answer this? I'm a grad student. I'm writing a thesis paper. A bird in the hand. The family man and the pornographic fixation. Okay. I would rather not take part. Really? Frank, is bye-bye guys a one or a two-night mental? What are you getting, Daddy? Yeah, Daddy, what are you getting? Let's just take a little look. Let's not. Okay. Um, so th- this isn't a great film. This also isn't a terrible film. It's no. just a fine It's a good watch. Film. It's all right. Um, but, Jennifer um, Lopez is in it for all of like five minutes as yeah. well. Who was actually dating Ben Affleck well, at the time. 
I think they'd broken up by the time the film came out. It uh, was like to the very end. Like he got her in. Right. He's friends with Kevin Smith in real life. He got her in. They're like, oh, we'll get Jennifer Lopez in. They were like together at the time, but then they had split up by the time the film came out. Oops. Something like that. Mm. Apparently there is like a version of this film, which is like, you know, she's only in the first five minutes. Yeah. She's in like the first hour. Like that thing that happens mm, five minutes weird. in is like an hour into the film. You got a whole... Oh, 45 minutes. I think it's 45 minutes. 45 minutes before like the film even feels like it's got started. Oh, I'm glad it got cut. Yeah. This is... It, it was all right. I'd watch it again. Would you? Yeah, it's pretty light. I wouldn't choose to watch it again, but if it was on about fine, it's just fine. Yeah. It's fine. Crack over some beers and you're all drunk by halfway through anyway. Yeah. Was it um, Was it Lonesome Jim after this? Yeah. Um. This is the one that I was alluded to earlier. When right. we talked about Heavy. Mm-hmm. Right, like a small town film. And they didn't always push the buttons. And yeah. from, the, but from the outset, mm. I thought I'm going to love this film. I don't, it looks from the outset like a film I would love, mm. but I just—I hope we keep saying it doesn't really go anywhere. But this really just—it felt like it was lacking a lot. Do you think? Like, I'm not a massive fan of Casey Affleck. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's a bit stilted. He's in a quite a few films I love. Yeah. He's not my favourite actor, but I think he chooses some really interesting roles. Yeah, this and is one of them, I think. Sometimes, um, like, so his sort of awkwardness yeah. really works in a film like A Ghost Story. Yeah. Which I love that film. It's yeah. It's a really bizarre film. Um, and actually, I think him in his, um, sometimes he can feel quite distant. Yeah. And that really works in Manchester by the Sea. Right. Which is another film I really love. In this, though, it's... In this, it, it doesn't It just feels work. slightly short. It just feels slightly short. But I this think. was so low budget. Mm. They had 16 days to make this film in. It's directed by Steve and Buscemi, isn't it? Yeah, directed by Steve Buscemi, who must have remembered working with Liv on Armageddon. Yeah. And was like, come on, we're making a film. Yeah. I love Steve Buscemi, but yeah, this... I don't know. It just the plot is bizarre. I find it even hard to remember. I only watched this film two weeks ago, and I find it hard to even remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, it just felt like it just washed over me, and I was like, oh. Casey Affleck's character is just like really depressed, and I think yes, that's it. The He's... vibe of the film is just quite dour, and but lives. It, she is a light in. She is like really good in this. You must not think much of me either. I guess. Oh, I do. I think you're all. Great. What? You think I'm great? Well, sure. I think you're great. There's so many fun and cheery people in the world. Don't you think you'd be better off with one of them? Someone more like yourself? You think I'm fun and cheery? Of course you are. You just can't stop complimenting me, can you? You're missing my point. No, I'm not. I'm getting it very clearly. It's sort of making light of depression in small town America. Yeah. In a way which I thought would work for me. But really, it just didn't really click. Mm, um... And I thought, well, before we watched this, I was like, this is definitely going to be in my top four. And then when I watched it, I was like, I can't even remember what happened in the mm. film I just watched. Yeah. So really overlooked and for a re- I thought it was going to be a hidden gem and then when I watched it I was like okay that's why this is overlooked because it really hasn't yeah. got anything about it. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And um, so what did she do after that? She did um Rain Over Me. 
Rain Over Me, okay. So this, she didn't have a massive role in Rain Over mm-hmm. Me. It's got um, Adam Sandler in it. Yeah. As like a seri- in a the, serious It's Adam one of Sandler the rare roles. serious Adam Sandler roles. Yeah. Um, and he is a weird guy because as a comedy actor in his regular films, he is one of my least favorite actors. Um, can't stand those films. I didn't mind him in this though. When he takes a serious role, I actually think he's really good. Yeah. I wish he would do more of them. And he's um, playing opposite Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, who is great. Yeah. I really like Don Cheadle. But they're the main characters, really. Yes. And um, Liv's character just is a backseat kind of character. She plays like a psychiatrist. Adam Sandler's going through... Um, Loss of his family. A real crisis. Yeah. yeah, just like a real, like, he is completely shut down from the world. Yeah. And he's lost it, basically. And mm. he reconnects with Don Cheadle's character. They used to be um, roommates in college. Yeah. Uh, he's, they were trained to be dentists and he sort of tries to get him out of shell and he yeah bit. he really just because he was seeing a psychiatrist because he felt like something was missing in his life and mm-hmm. the thing that's missing is friendship a, a life outside of his own home outside yeah. away from his wife and friends yeah and then he reconnects with this guy so he sort of fixes his crisis but mm-hmm. then realizes actually there's people out there with way bigger crisis than me yeah. and he hooks up his friend his reconnected well, friend they just with his like, psychiatrist yeah they bump into each other don't they and mm-hmm. he's like oh my god um, but yeah, he eventually. But he doesn't like uh, Adam Sandler's character doesn't want help, so he kind no, of has to like trick him into it. So um, it's quite interesting. Liv's character like struggling, struggling to help. Yes, and trying and to deal with that. Fine in this, but she hasn't got that many scenes. No. She has a few scenes, and the scenes that she has are pretty good. Yeah, and the scenes between her and Adam Sandler's character are very good. But it's hard to give like a real. But as good, even if... Review, because she's not in it that much. Even if she was incredible in this, like, blowing you away, Mm. it still wouldn't be up there because it's just such a a minor role, it feels like. But it's a film where there's really only two main characters. Mm. She probably is the third main character. And even then, she's hardly in it. Um, But a real surprise. I I quite liked this film. Mm. I was really surprised by it. It is a lot to do with um, dealing with tragedy. Mm. Like a massive on a massive scale because this deals a lot with the aftermath of 9/11. Yeah, September 11. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, dealing with people who you've lost in such a huge event, mm. and uh, that's that's what Adam Sandler's character is going through in this. Mm. And um, yeah, it's like a dramatic film, quite emotional, but has comedy to it. Mm. It's not the regular wacky Adam Sandler comedy. It's more heartfelt. It's definitely worth a watch. It's I think having an actor like I think Don Cheadle's a really good actor yeah so having someone of his calibre in it to kind of steer it, the whole gives thing gives it a lot of yeah. weight and makes you it draws you in more yeah um, but yeah a, a, a pretty not an amazing film but a pretty good film mm. but for her not a major major role film, yeah. yeah okay so let's chat about um, The Incredible Hulk yeah guess what role she plays in this the, uh, the girlfriend yeah the partner <laughs> <laughs> again I, this film is alright it's one of the very early Marvel films where they're really just trying to find their feet with that universe it's like it's like the first second second one, second one yeah, yeah. Uh, she plays Betty Ross which is Bruce Banner's like love interest basically yeah, yeah. and she there's a character that never returned to the MCU yeah weirdly uh, despite her dad in it mm-hmm. having a kind of prominent role in those films going played forward played by uh, William Hurt William Hurt's mm-hmm. character yeah but she never came back. And I mm. think that's purely because Ed Norton. You know, Ed Norton was the Hulk in this. He had some issues with 
um, the direction of stuff. He left. They replaced him with Mark Ruffalo. So I think suddenly yeah. bringing her back and suddenly her and Mark Ruffalo and a romance it just yeah. is a bit jarring. Well, now they've sort of had like in the Marvel universe, they've got the whole Black Widow and Hulk kind of yeah, flame yeah. happening. So it's a bit weird to bring her back. Well, happened. Spoilers. <laughs> I can't. Uh, uh, like, the whole world's seen Endgame, right? <laughs> I mean, it was the, like, one of the biggest films ever. Anyway, um, so yeah. I haven't watched this film for absolutely years. Years and years. I probably watched it maybe like once or twice ever. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. Um, mm. And I, I like her in it, but. It is like she's like a, the side. She's the girlfriend, you know. It's that sort of yeah. character where there's not much Massive meat to tropey. her. Massive yeah. Even though during making, her and Ed Norton were really into their roles. Yeah. And they spent a lot of time developing their characters' history together, their mm. backstory, like bef- you know, developing their life together before he was the Hulk. Yeah. And they put a lot of work into it. Like Ed Norton was really passionate about this film. Mm. And I think him not being able to be in 100% control of it was what drove him away at some point because it has to still fit within the MCU mould. Mm. Those films, whether you like them or not, have to follow a certain formula to keep the storyline open. Yeah. They can't... Not not many of the films feel like 100% their own thing. They're part of yeah. a bigger whole. And I think that frustrated him. Mm. So he was very passionate. And he his passion really sort of drew her in and they were mm-hmm. very passionate about their roles. Yeah. And I actually kind of think their chemistry works quite well in these films. Okay, in yeah. In this film, sorry. Um, but again, she's the girlfriend. It's not... Yeah. She's not the Hulk. Cool. So next, um, you've seen Super before, haven't you? But I don't think I have. I've seen Super. Um, I didn't love it. I thought she, I would like it a lot. It looked like it something I'd like. She's sort of... Her, she's not the main character. She's probably the third again. She always plays like the third main character. Yeah. Okay. I didn't love this film. Let's move and I haven't on. really got a lot to say about it. Let's move on to um, the next, next film I watched this morning. Oh yeah, yeah. What was it was that? a last minute, um, okay. a last minute watch. I knew right. it was recording today, and I was like, I was doing some painting this morning, and I was like, I'll watch one of the films I didn't get around to. So okay, this morning I watched The Ledge, and I thought it was alright. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Do you wish I, we'd swap this out with something that we didn't like so much? Maybe One Night of McCall's. Yeah. This was interesting. It dealt a lot with theology um, okay. and beliefs, mm-hmm. just people's beliefs. Um, it's I forget the actor's name, Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. He's sort of the main character. He's going to basically opens of him going to jump off the side of a building. Right. So the guy who's there to talk him down is played by Terrence Howard. Right, yeah. And the whole film is their conversation basically in flashback he's telling him why he's going to jump mm-hmm. and meanwhile Terence Howard's character's got his own crisis going on he's trying to be calm and talk this guy down when he has this turmoil going on in his head as well right and actually these guys opening up to each other and telling each other their own stories right so does Liz appear in like the and flashbacks she, yes she right. is um, basically they've been having uh, she's been having an affair with Charlie Hunnam's character. Right. Her actual husband is played by Patrick Wilson. Right. Uh, I do quite like Patrick Wilson, actually. And he plays a very, very Christian, stern, controlling husband. Right. And has sort of made her this religious fanatic. Um, oh, weird. And she wants this escape from this guy who's very atheist. Yeah. And he's had tragedy in his life, which has made him sort of, I don't believe in anything anymore. Mm-hmm. 
that he they're sort of they live in the same block of flats basically mm-hmm. and her husband like can't stand this guy right initially because he thinks he's gay and he's very homophobic because he's, he's like, just kind of the antithesis like, of what he you? is. You yeah. know, you're against God, the things mm. you're doing, because he lives with another guy, mm. uh, his friend, who is gay. Right. So he lives with a gay he guy. just assumes. And they're good friends, and they go around for dinner, and he presumes they're both gay. Right. And then they sort of have this sort of bitterness, and they're trying, but they have these conversations, they meet up a lot, and they, why do you believe in God? Why don't you? And these philosoph- uh, theological um, conversations, which only makes patrick wilson's character more dogmatic right and it makes him want to fuck him over by taking his partner away from him right and so he starts trying to groom Liv, and then actually starts actually liking her right so it's 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 actually quite interesting i don't know if i liked it more because it was sort of on in the background while i was doing mm. something else and just having it on i was, like, oh, was drawing me in a bit mm-hmm. but i thought this was like very what not like an incredible film but yeah. very watchable um Liv had to spend hours tied to a chair, basically almost naked for the last act of this film when she was filming it with a gag in her mouth, oh which wasn't particularly comfortable. Yeah. No. That's crazy. It's a really interesting film. It's a really interesting Weird. film. So we... I, that's the, I'm going to cut all that. I just told a load of spoilers to Becca because this really, really <laughs> is an interesting film. Um, Are we going to chat about Robot and Frank? No. We, I do like this film a lot, yeah. but she is by far not the main character in Robot and Frank. It's not worth mentioning. Robot and Frank, though, I will suggest to listeners, do watch this film. It's a really underrated, fun film mm-hmm. about an old guy who gets a robot helper and decides to do crime with it. <laughs> Basically, it's fun. That old man committing crimes. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Next one's um, Wildling, which you watched. Did you watch that? Yeah. I watched um, Space Station 76 as well. Oh, did you? Yeah, this is like a row of films that I watched. Okay. So Space Station 76, this is her and Patrick Wilson again, who right. she was in with uh, within The Ledge. <laughs> this, I liked the aesthetic and the concept and the character. She plays like the, the new Space Station chief who comes in and is now I'm calling the shots from now on. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's a comedy. It's sort of like a 70s style version of the future. But it just doesn't pull it off. It doesn't all come together. And the reviews for this is pretty dire. Mm. Uh, there's some joy to be had in it, but uh, it misses the mark it overall. And then Wildling, I watch, and I did quite enjoy Wildling, weirdly. This is another one that's kind of panned. It's billed as a horror film. This happens a lot where mm. a film is advertised as a horror film and then it's just not. There's no way, no shape of, way, shape or form is this film a horror film <laughs> at all. It's Damn. like a weird fantasy film. Oh, okay. And so I think everyone going to see it thinking of a horror film, it's going to be a horror film, is saying this is garbage. I thought it was a bit silly. Right. But I kind of liked it. She is like a, she's a cop, basically, Mm. who takes in a a girl who has been um, basically imprisoned all her life. Right. By her father, quote unquote father, who's kept her in a basement. And when he dies... They take her in and she actually takes her in herself. Mm. But all is not as it seems. You know, you can see everything coming where a mile off, but it's not terrible. Mm. Mm. I'm here to help you. I'm the one who found you. Your neighbors called me to report a gunshot. Sheriff Ellen Cooper. I have a few questions to ask you. Would that be okay? Yeah. What's your name? 
Anna. Anna? It's nice to meet you, Anna. What's your last name? Anna. And then we're up to date. One more film, Ad Astra. Ad Astra, yeah. I don't remember her in this. It's just Brad Pitt looking yeah, for his dad a lot of, on a like, space station. Of this film is Brad Pitt walking around on his own. Yeah, and um, trying to look for his dad, who's played by Tommy Lee Jones. So she didn't have a prominent role. No. And it wasn't a very memorable role. I remember when we watched this, we were like, "Oh, it's Liv Tyler." Like, haven't seen her in anything yeah. for ages. That might have been what like got her in your mind. I think she's got. Even yeah, maybe. It. She's got quite a small role, I think. Anyway, yeah. I will say just I just remembered something just jumping back to Space Station 76 yeah her stepdad did like majority of the music for that film oh okay yeah so huh uh, just chucking that in her but yeah Ad Astra first dad is a weird film it is weird isn't again, it again another weird it feels film. like nothing really happens I think I remember like a, it just being like oh it's ended yeah it feels like a long music video almost yeah I didn't dislike it but it's just odd. It wasn't what I was expecting it to be. And yeah, her role isn't huge or overly memorable in it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think we've gone past the we've gone through the list. We're up to date. So we'll have a little break. Mm. We'll come back mm-hmm. and we'll decide what our favourites are. Yeah. And what we would say her top four films should be known for. Yep. Let's do that. Okay, so now we do our top four, like, favourite films. Yes. So these are always in no particular order. Yeah. Uh, who's going first? Uh, I'll go first. You go first? So what sure. were your four favourite Liv Tyler? Not this. well, it's the favourite performances, I guess, favourite yeah. film yeah. plus performance. Yeah. Uh, so mine are Empire Records. Yep. Inventing the Abbots. Oh. Anegan and uh, Return of the King. Interesting. Hmm. Yep. So mine's very similar. Right. Mine is also Anegan. Right. Empire Records. Yeah, classic. Uh, I'd written The Two Towers. Okay. Because it's my favourite Lord of the Rings, but they're sort of interchangeable. Hmm. And I do like the added detail of that one that she had had input with Peter Jackson to say, let's do some of these scenes in Elvish. That's yeah. the one where she sort of suggested that. Mm-hmm. So that's why that one is for me. And my other one is That Thing You Do. Mm-hmm. Cool. So they're, the f- they're my four. Okay. And just remind me what the known for ones were again. So the current known for is Armageddon, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, and Strangers. Okay. Any so of them what, that you would keep in there? Um, I'd probably keep Return of the King in there. Yeah, I'm with you. So let's leave that one in. So you wouldn't leave Armageddon even though it's incredibly famous and what a lot of people know her from? Maybe. I wouldn't. I was just asking. I definitely wouldn't. It's a terrible film. I don't even... Her character is not very good in it either. Even she is like... My character has got nothing in that film. Like, she hasn't got anything to do. Yeah, no, let's take it out then. The the chemistry between her and Ben Affleck is just non-existent as well in that film. It makes me cringe, their scenes Oh, yeah, that scene where they're like the last scene together and that he's like on the picnic blanket. Yeah. Really awful. Yeah. Okay, so what would you suggest instead? I think Empire Records. I definitely think Empire Records, yeah. Yeah. I would put in Stealing Beauty. Yeah. Because it's her first lead role and it's quite an interesting film and quite a ballsy one to take on as like a first lead role. So yeah, uh, Stealing Beauty, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And my other one I've got in is That Thing You Do, but I'd be interested to see if there's something else Mm. that you would suggest in that place. I would maybe say Inventing the Abbots. Really? Yeah, she's got quite a big role in that. 
I don't think she's got that big, like such a big role in either of them, really. Mm. She's a bit more of like a third tier character. Maybe an, e- an Egan. No? It's too obscure. It is obscure. But she's one of the main characters in it. Hmm, this is tough. What about Jersey Girl? Oh, I don't know if that is enough of a representation of her role. But you know what? In a weird way, I do like that she is more fun and comedic. But then we've yeah. got that in Empire Records. Yeah, that's true. But I think she's a bit more like like childlike and immature in Empire Records. Uh, what we've got here is we're both fighting for the one from our own list, <laughs> which is not on the others. That thing you do is on mine and invent yeah. the others is on yours. And I don't want more than one Lord of the Rings in there. Like, we try and keep yeah, only yeah. one from a franchise in. I mean, The Strangers is in there. I don't think it's a great film. I don't think it should be in there. I get that she's the lead role in it. Mm. Would you want to leave The Strangers in then? Even though it's not you know great, what? but she is the You know lead. what? It was on both our lists, and we said that she kind of gets to play two sides of a character in it. Why don't we just go for an Egan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's... Empire Records, yep. Stealing Beauty, yep. Lord of the Rings Return of the King, and an Egan. Egan. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll go for that. Okay. I'd originally not put an Egan as a possibility because I was like, I like that film, but it's really obscure. And it is obscure, like it. but I think the rest of them are pretty I just think she's got such an interesting role in it. Yeah. It is it like those do show many different like sides of her like acting. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay, cool. Great. Done and dusted. Like it. So that was a really interesting month yeah. of films. Such like stuff that I never think I would pick up and watch. I would never have watched it. And that's actually one of the main reasons I like doing this show because I watch I watch anything. I like mm. just films in general. So I will try anything out. And there's so many films that I watched over this month that I would never have watched otherwise. Yeah. Including ones that I ended up really loving, like Anegan. Mm. <laughs> so at the moment for the next episode, we're in the middle of watching... Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Schwarzenegger. And so far, they have been very fun. Yeah. Way more fun. I thought, oh, is this going to be a strain? What rewatching these films? Are they actually going to like as a month of Arnold Schwarzenegger? Going to do my head in? Yeah. No. <laughs> We've watched three. That's so silly. And there's only one I didn't particularly care for. But in a good way. The first two. The first one we chose to watch. I'm not going to give any spoilers away. But I would just say the first one we chose to watch. We chose. On purpose, one of the stupidest ones, because we had a really shit day. Yeah. We were, Let's just watch one of the stupidest Arnold Schwarzenegger films. And I had a ball. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed a film, which is not even considered to be a great film. Mm. And it's just got me so pumped. Do you think it just hit us, like, right place, right time? I didn't know if it was just nostalgia on that one. Right. And then the next one we watched was one I'd never seen before. Mm. And I loved it just as much. I'm wow. all in for a month of Schwarzenegger films. We've got quite a few more to watch, so stay tuned. Yeah, I'm all in. See if see if the luster has faded by the time that episode <laughs> comes around. At the moment, I'm three in and I'm all aboard. But what I really want to know is now, who's your next... Who's the next person? Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, for the episode after that, I said that my next two would be European actors. Right. So from Austria, I chose Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So for my actress for the month after... Dun, dun, I've dun. chosen a French actress. Okay, cool. Who I've seen a lot of her Western films. Yeah. And I haven't seen any of her French films. Right. We haven't done a lot of world cinema on this, so it's a good chance for me to watch some French films I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's an actress I like anyway, so it's interesting to see some of her Western films I haven't seen. There'd be a real good mix. Uh, my choice is Marion Cotillard. Ah, oh, cool. That's awesome. 
So, Marion Cotillard. So, yeah, Marion Cotillard. Um, but before that, like we said, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger. While we are here, we normally talk about the four known fours to get us ready mm-hmm. for the next episode. So, what are Arnold Schwarzenegger's four known fours? Uh, Predator. Predator, that is, yep. Part of the it. alien, like, kind of. I've seen uh, that. You've never seen Predator, right? No, I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, Eraser. So, uh, Eraser, which I've never seen. Yep. Me neither. I don't, uh, I'm surprised that's up there. But I yeah. don't know anything about it. Uh, the Sixth Day. I'm even more surprised that one's up there. He's been in so many famous films. What are these two doing up oh, there? I don't know. And uh, Terminator 2, obviously. Yeah, one of my favourite films of all time. Mm. So yeah, there we go. Like we're saying it now, like that will be in my top four. <laughs> I think right. it's one of my favourite films of all time. But if you've got any, like a couple of suggestions for uh, Arnie films will be coming in. Yeah. If you've got any more, drop us a line. We've still got time to shoehorn some more in yep. uh, and yeah any uh, Marion Cotillard films mm-hmm. be interested if you've got any recommendations for her definitely um, so I think we're done mm, finally cool. we'll just run through before we close up um, our top fours mine were Empire Records Lord of the Rings The Two Towers That Thing You Do and Onegin mm-hmm. Becca's were uh, Empire Records Inventing the Abbots Onegin and Return of the King and the four we decided as the four known fours were Return of the King Empire Records Stealing Beauty and Onegin cool uh, so if you want to suggest any films for Arnie or Marion Cotillard like Becca said you can do so at knownforpod at gmail.com or go on to knownforpod.com yep uh, and do that. You can also contact me on Twitter at Bob Shoy. That's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y. You can also buy episodes of our spin-off show from this, uh, Four and One More. That were previously f- Patreon only, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they're now available for purchase. You can buy all four episodes for $3, I think, mm-hmm. on Bandcamp. But that's on the website, so check out um, yeah, knownforpod.com. Yeah, you can go to, uh, or you can go directly there. It's bobshoy.bandcamp.com. But yep. there's four really fun episodes of... Um, a four and one more on there mm-hmm. uh, that won't be on the free feed so check if you want out. a taste we've just done a uh, Studio Ghibli film yeah yeah We the last episode on this feed was the yeah. Studio Ghibli one so you know what to expect we've also done our 2019 films we did it in the same way so you know what the style of episodes are like they're good fun to do and the four that are Patreon exclusive or Bandcamp exclusive now are, are good ones cool thanks see you again yeah thanks for listening uh, see you next month for Arnie bye 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 hasta la vista baby cool it <laughs> <laughs> Frank, is bye-bye, guys, a one- or a two-night mental? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.